My name is Hannah Kearns, and I was sexually harassed by Jess Stanley, the Associate Athletic Director of Community Outreach at Coastal Carolina University for three years. And this is me telling my story. And I just want to start off by saying in no way is this any form of retaliation. I'm not inciting or encouraging any violence, threats, messages, or anything to my harasser. So um, I guess I'll start off by giving an introduction on how I first started working for Jess. Um, I started working for him as a freshman. So in August of 2018, I was just a volunteer though. And I was only there for football games. And like I went into the office a couple times, but I was never alone with just me and Jess. There was another worker present. So the harassment hadn't really begun until my sophomore year when I began working for him alone. And before I discuss my experience, I want to immediately eliminate any possibility of victim blaming or any opinions that excuse his behavior and invalidates my reality in what happened to me. So um, in about May of 2021, I finally had enough of the harassment and decided I was going to report it and not work under him anymore. So I'll just start off by reading the email that I sent to the athletic director because I didn't know at the time the process of Title IX and who I should contact. So I just sent this to the athletic director. Uh, I said, good morning. I, Hannah Kearns, will no longer be working under Jess Stanley, Associate Athletic Director of Community Outreach, as a student assistant due to repeated sexual harassment in an extremely unprofessional work environment. Throughout my tenure, countless offensive statements and misconduct have occurred. Mr. Danley's long-term affiliation with Coastal Carolina University does not excuse his racism, sexism, and homophobia that he has blatantly displayed while I was in his presence. The following incidents have occurred. Jess Stanley has lifted my shirt slightly and said, we need to put you on a diet. Jess openly confessed when he began working as a softball coach for Coastal Carolina University, he intentionally did not recruit gay women, which is discrimination. Jess has made numerous comments on my body shape, referring to me as slim and tall and slender. Every time I entered his office, Jess proceeded to look me up and down and comment slash scrutinized my outfit or hairstyle and made several inappropriate comments. Jess has stated if he knew me back when he was my age, I would have to pull him off of me. Jess has repeated, repeatedly called me good looking and very attractive. Jess has made an uncomfortable environment by continuously promoting his political beliefs in inappropriate ways and asking intrusive questions surrounding my beliefs. Jess has taken a phone call in front of me where the person on the other end said the N-word multiple times in a derogatory way, and Jess proceeded to laugh and ignore the obscenity. Jess has said, you look like you could be working at a whorehouse, and I can't tell if you're walking to school or on the streets. There are several more inappropriate occurrences in addition to the ones listed above. I'm happy to give you any additional information as needed in a meeting. Lastly, for my protection, I would not like to be contacted by Jess Stanley. Respectfully, Hannah Kearns. So those, everything that I listed in that email was just the things that I could think of. Uh, throughout the three years, he said a lot of offensive things. And I think part of me um, 
try to block it out and just ignore it but I just finally had enough and so basically every time I walked into the office he looked me up and down in a way that made me feel so uncomfortable because I can't describe it in words that the feeling of a 70 something year old man who is supposed to be your boss looking at you in a way that you just shouldn't be looked at I can understand if maybe one time one time you make a comment that's like oh I look nice okay and that can end right there but every single time I walked into the office he looked my outfit up and down had something to say about what I was wearing or how I had my hair or something and it was just so uncomfortable and then the comment about uh, I look like I could be working in a whorehouse mind you I walked into work with a sweatshirt on biker shorts that came down to my knees and slides like fluffy pink slides that I always wear and so when he made that comment that was kind of like my last straw I was like I'm not dealing with this anymore and not to mention when he made the comment he also proceeded to find um, another person who works in athletics and pull her into the office and repeat the comment to her which is yeah so I came to the conclusion that I needed to speak up and report this and it definitely wasn't an easy one because if pretty much he's been working there <clears throat> for a, like 30 years or something he's been at the university longer than I've been alive so he has um, a reputation everybody knows him everybody in the community knows him he has a softball deck named after him so it was very intimidating but I knew that it needed to be done. Not to mention, he was my only professional reference that I had. So me reporting it was losing a reference. And I'm about to be a senior. I'm going to be looking for jobs in the real world soon. So to not have a reference, it was, it was really scary. Um, because I just didn't know what that would mean for me. But... That just shows how how uncomfortable and how much of a toll it took on me, like my mental health. I remember a football game after a football game sophomore year, he had said comments to me and just made me feel so uncomfortable that I went in my car and bawled my eyes out and um, and just didn't want to do it anymore. And. I dreaded going to work every day to see him. So, <clears throat> uh, it was extremely exhausting. And then the comment that he made, I just had enough and I reported it. So, I sent the email that I read uh, earlier to the athletic director and he replied the next day and a meeting with the Title IX compliance officer was um, set up. In this meeting, uh, I was promised 
or it was made very clear that, you know, even the athletic director said, I know that you said in your email that his long-term affiliation with the university shouldn't excuse this. And he said, it will have nothing to do with it at all. And which very clearly was a lie. And going into the meeting, I had a lot of hope. And even after the meeting, I I thought that they would be able to do the right thing and see everything that he said and how unprofessional the work environment was and be able to, he shouldn't be working there anymore. But that that didn't happen. I think that is the reason why nothing was done because um, he's just been at the university so long and at this point it's just easier to keep him than to do the right thing and fire him. But yeah. And so after that meeting, I had an interview with the Title IX uh, officer and I basically just explained my email in depth and all of the comments that he made and then I was told that he would also be interviewed and then uh, in like a couple weeks or so that I would get the um, the decision basically so after that um, it was the title nine was rejected basically they said it didn't fit the definition of sexual harassment so when it's rejected from title nine they dismiss the case and then it goes to hr so and also i appealed the rejection from title nine but that was rejected as well so it went to hr and i just want to discuss the the analysis because when I got this analysis back, mind you, I didn't get this analysis back until after I fi- after I filed my appeal. So I didn't know that this was um, how my case was viewed or how the officer viewed my case. So when I got the analysis, it made me so, so angry because it's like it, it invalidated my what I went through in it's just so um it says an explanation for such comments well first it says danley told kearns that she needs to eat a hamburger and has asked her if she has lost weight an explanation for such comments danley states that he had a former athlete who struggled with body image issues and developed an eating disorder in his mind these comments are not derogatory they are coming from a place of concern Danley denies ever touching Kearns other than possible bumps or brushes in the office and denies lifting Kearns shirt, which first of all, it happened. Why would I make something up? Why would I just say that he lifted my shirt for no reason? That's the first thing. Second thing, if you really had athletes that struggled with body image issues, you would know that lifting their shirt up and telling them to eat something is not an effective way to deal with the issue at all i don't care that's not even like anyone with a right mind could see that in no way is that helping because i have struggled with my body and that is so frustrating because it is not helping it is literally doing the complete opposite of helping and 
to say that he didn't lift my shirt. Like, <laughs> yes, you did. I wouldn't just make something up like that. So that was the first thing. And then uh, further in analysis, it says comments about Kern's body type and appearance may be frustrating or annoying to Kern's, but there is no indication that they caused her hardship or that they are very painful or harmful to her. Kearns indicates discomfort with comments about her body type after Danley allegedly lifted the edge of her shirt, an action Danley denies, and she indicates that the totality of her interactions with Danley culminated in her resigning from her position, but this investigator cannot classify comments about an individual being slender or their outfit choices as severe. Okay, so let's break this down. First of all, there's no indication that they caused her hardship or they were very painful or harmful to her. There were days when I went home and cried in my car. I felt so uncomfortable that I did not want to go into work. I would text him. I would go to work while he was at lunch and text him what I needed to do and try and finish the work before he got back just so I didn't have to see him. And then this is this was extremely traumatic for me. So yes, it did cause me hardship and it was painful and it was harmful to have a 70-something-year-old man constantly make comments about your body and how you look. So yes, the comments were severe. And I just cannot understand how the investigator could not see that. And see the power dynamic. It is so mind-boggling to me. And then later in the uh, analysis it says, Being told that you are slim or slender is not what one would generally think causes displeasure or resentment. Putting aside one's own personal feelings, prejudices, or interpretations, the comments about Kern's body type cannot be classified as objectively offensive. How can a 70-something-year-old man saying, once he said if he was my age, I would have to pull him off of me, every comment after that, it was so disgusting and made me feel so uncomfortable because I know that he's looking at me in a certain type of light. Like, you are looking at me a certain type of way. Not to mention when he's making these comments, it's not like, oh, just like something a nice person would say, like your grandpa or something, say you, saying you look nice today. No, it's someone that literally said if he was your age, you would have to pull him off of you. And the way he looked at me when he made those comments is offensive in every way. But anyways, so then I had a meeting with HR. And, um, well, actually after that, I had a meeting with HR, the compliance officer, and a dean of students rep um, to basically discuss where the investigation goes after uh, being dismissed from Title IX. And um, I was actually really uh, glad that the dean of students rep was in there because he encouraged me to say how I felt. Uh, And in that meeting, I kind of said, I brought it up that I don't feel like I expressed in the original interview how uncomfortable the work environment was and how he really made me feel. It was just extremely uncomfortable. And I just, you know, didn't feel like I did a good a job, good enough job of expressing that. 
and I explicitly stated that he should be fired. Um, and thank you to the Dean of Students Rep for encouraging me to say that. But that was how I really felt, and I still feel that way. And I was told that HR would review if he violated any policies, and I wouldn't know the outcome or where they are in the process. Um, I wasn't really told I don't know what the policies are, so I felt like everything that I reported the Title IX was violating some policies, but apparently not. So after that, uh, after that meeting, it was a month, and I was like, okay, maybe let me email her to see um, where they are in the investigation. So I sent uh, her an email. It was at 10 at night, so it was kind of late to the HR person. And I said, uh, good evening. I understand I can't know the outcome of the investigation, but as you mentioned, is it possible for me to update it on the status of the investigation? Is it still ongoing or has it been completed? And she uh, emails me back about 20 minutes later, which I was not expecting. I was expecting to get a response on Monday, you know, when she was back in the office because I sent this on the weekend. And she sent, Hannah, my apologies, Hannah, for not notifying you that the investigation had concluded several weeks ago. Again, my apologies for the oversight as it was not intentional. So to break that down, I sent that email a month after my um, interview with HR. It was exactly one month. After my interview, they still had to interview him. So if you take the Consider the time frame here. If the investigation concluded several weeks ago, they probably spent a couple days on it, if that. And to be honest, I think the investigation ended as soon as I walked out that door because clearly nothing was done. And I've said it before that nothing has been done and he still works there. So it's extremely, extremely frustrating to know that I went to all these meetings, I went through this process, and nothing was done. Not to mention, first of all, he's 70-something years old. All of, these, all of these complaints included, and also I mentioned um, in my interviews that Half the time when I went in, I was doing all the work and he was sitting on Facebook not doing anything. He physically cannot do the job by himself. Like, physically, like, he literally is not capable. He needs a student assistant. So, it's, again, extremely frustrating knowing that with all of my complaints, knowing his age, Knowing that he's not even, like, working the whole time that he's there, that he still could not be fired. Like, how how does that make sense? <laughs> and then, not to mention, I saw he posted um, that he got a pacemaker put in and should be back to work uh, within the week. So you have a 70-something-year-old man with a pacemaker in who has a former student assistant accusing him of sexual harassment and you guys can still cannot fire him at the very least you can make him retire early but no you want to continue to have him working for the university 
after he does all this, it's like what happened to me never happened, basically. And it's even more frustrating knowing that in my original meeting, it was explicitly stated that his him being at the university for so long wouldn't have anything to do with it when it so very clearly does. And I read an article from uh, New America on sexual harassment and it said sexual, (coughs) excuse me, sexual harassment damages the lives, health, prospects, financial independence, and opportunities of its victims and cause businesses not only legal fees, but lost productivity, morale, effectiveness, and talent. Tolerating or failing to adequately respond to sexual harassment can block women's and other targets' economic security, access to opportunity, and advancement, which serves to preserve the status quo and power imbalances that drive sexual harassment in the first place. Which is so true because, so me reporting it, I was out of job. You know, thankfully I have another job, but if that was my only job, then what was I going to do? And the athletic director said, you know, we could try and find you another position in athletics. And I said, no, because I don't want to be in the same space as him. I don't want to be working in that office and have to walk by him knowing that I just reported that and went through all of that. And he still gets to work here and nothing was done. That is not something I want. So there's that. And then. So. In the same article, it says solutions must be targeted and aimed at changing culture, systems and structures. Ignoring complaints and failing to recognize sexual harassment creates toxic cultures that normalize harassment. First of all, the Title IX process, uh, the officer did explain to me that a couple years ago, it might have been, they kind of narrowed the definition of sexual harassment which I think is absolutely terrible because um, basically everything that I went through no longer fits the definition, even though it clearly is sexual harassment. And then once it got dismissed to HR, then it's basically like they did nothing. HR is there to protect its employees. It is not there to serve the students and the people coming through with accusations. So something about the system needs to be changed because nothing is being done. In no way should this man still have a job. In no way. Not only the sexual harassment that I endured, but the whole work environment was unprofessional. There is a toxic culture in the athletics department and it's just being ignored. Not to mention he was a softball coach for however many years. And I'm sure he said many uh, unprofessional sexual comments towards other people. But I'm going to be the one to speak up on it. And um, basically just share what I went through. And that's what I did. Uh, Like I said, in no way is this a form of retaliation. I'm not encouraging anybody to uh, send him messages or threats or be violent. I'm simply saying what happened to me in my three years at Coastal Carolina University and how uncomfortable it made me feel. And 
the fact that nothing, absolutely nothing was done about it, even though there should have been. But thank you for listening and for letting me share my story.